This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's mortgage mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is certified mortgage planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everyone. This is Jen Duplessis. Welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I have a very special guest with me today, Brian Schmidt, who is with Cross Country Mortgage in the Chicago area. And Brian and I had a really great, wonderful opportunity to meet each other at, um, you know, you all know that I'm with CMPS, right? As CMPS, Certified Mortgage Planning Specialist, um, with Jabron Nicholas. And, you know, Jabron's actually just rebranded his company as Momentify because he wants to create some momentum in everybody's practice. And Brian and I had this wonderful opportunity to meet each other down in Orlando, Florida at the beautiful Four Seasons. Right, Brian? It was great. The place is beautiful amazing. <laughs> yeah, the place is amazing. And we had great food and great company and really got a chance to, to get to learn about each other and um, our practice. And we're, we're thankfully going to be in a big mastermind, you know, together for the next year and learn a little bit more about each other. But one of the things that, that Brian does, uh, there's a couple things that we're going to talk about today, but one of the things that he does, I cannot wait to share with you. So, uh, Brian, I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And here we are recording this on the Friday before uh, Labor Day weekend, and you probably want to be with your family and out racing cars, right? Um, <laughs> you got it. But I want to say thank you. Yeah, I want to say thank you oh. so much for taking time to, to spend with me. No, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to so let's get let's get down to the nitty gritty about who you are. Would you mind sharing with the listeners, um, you know, how you got in the mortgage business, how long you've been in, and then let's just tap into um, a little bit about how your team is structured as well. Sure, I'll, sure, sure. I'll, I'll keep it brief. I have a, kind of a little bit of a, a wandering trail to get into the mortgage business. I was actually recruited into uh, the commercial real estate business back in 2000. And uh, I was a commercial real estate broker for about two, almost two and a half years before I transitioned into residential real estate. And then about three months after becoming a residential realtor, I said, you know what, I can do this mortgage thing better than the people that I, I had been able to find up until that point. And from that point forward, I did real estate and mortgages as a buyer's agent focused on helping a buyer with the best outcome for almost uh, almost 12 years. And awesome. <clears throat> after... So uh, yeah, we we stopped doing real estate, uh, and then we focused on mortgages about six years ago. About six years ago. Okay, so you've yeah. been in for six years now, and so what kind of volume are you doing? So we'll do anywhere between 30 and $40 million. Uh, We have anywhere from 150 to 200 close transaction sites per year. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a lot of numbers. That's a lot Thank of numbers. Okay, and you you have a team because you can't do 200 loans a year without having <laughs> a team. So tell us a little bit about how your team is structured. You know, what is your role? What are the other roles on your team? Sure. So uh, what I really enjoy is actually working with our referral partners. I'm 96% referral based. Um, I, I, my role today is literally to help lift their business to get where they want to go in order to help us grow ours. So my team is set up to cater to the client. I'm here to cater to the referral partner and give the advice to the client. So I have two people that are uh, from, we'll call it from initial contact to application or real estate contract. And then I have two other partners on the team that go from contract to close and it's their responsibility to make sure everything closes on time. Yeah. You know, I think that's a very interesting concept. Um, You know, I mean, I've talked to thousands of people. I've been in, you know, had been in the business for 35 years. And um, no one's really said, you know, my job is to provide customer service to the the referral partner and my team's job is to provide customer service to the client. No one's actually separated out and said it in two very easy ways to, you know, to look at that is you can't possibly help the client if you're, if you're, helping the referral partner and vice versa, you know, be in your own lane, do what you need to be. Yeah. I I love that. I love that concept. That's wonderful. Um, okay. So, so, uh, that gives us a little breakdown of what your, your business is all about. But one of the things that we wanted to, that I want to talk about, um, first, and then we'll get into the, the, um, second part with the relationships with the trusted business partner is the fact that you only work in one niche. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about that because uh, as salespeople, 
because we don't we don't have just loan officers and realtors. We have lots of salespeople listening. I think you know that this it's a scarcity syndrome, right? That more is more. The more I can do, the more I can offer, the more things that I can that um, I can take out of my toolbox and share with people, um, the more business I'm going to do. I'm not a believer in that, and I know you aren't either. So, but there's a fear, obviously, in making Absolutely. that shift. So tell us how you how you went from being sort of like the commodity loan officer, you know, like I can do all this stuff to, you know what, I'm not going to do all that. I'm going to be better off going in this direction. And then what, what happened during that process and how has that changed your practice? Sure. Great question. So, so for me, it became, okay, I want to, I want to be focused on purchase mortgages. So I'm about 95% purchase based. Um, The 5% refinances that we do uh, help clients with are on purpose. They're strategic. They're not, just because I want a lower payment or lower interest rate. If, if that consumer who is referred to us is coming with that mindset, most of the time it's not going to be a good fit. So our niche ultimately becomes how can I help guarantee that the referral partner that is referring to us is either getting the best outcome as quickly as possible and at the same time giving the best financial advice possible to the client. Uh, what we ended up doing is initially we were working all over our geography. In Chicago, it's huge. So what we found in part of our geographic niche is I'm literally operating within a 30-minute drive time of my office. There's 9.7 million people or whatever crazy number it is in our our demographic in our Chicago metropolitan area. And I work in an area that's literally within a a 15-mile radius of my office. And I specifically focus on referral partners that are not the biggest agents. They're not the smallest agents. They're right in the middle because they like how we work with them. Our whole business is set up to be a supported business partner to them. So if they say they want to go from doing uh, 12 units to 24 units a year, I'm built in a way where I can help assist them to that and offer them help in building the systems and process to, help to, to, to get them to that point. Yeah, that's awesome. So now, um, so this brings me to asking a question about the realtors that you're working with, you know, the, or any other partners that you are. So, well, let me ask you this. What, pers- what portion is realtor versus other um, referral partners? So out of uh, business-to-business relationships, which I'm primarily focused on, uh, about 70% of our business is referred by uh, real estate brokers. Um, we have about uh, 20% referred by attorneys. And then the remaining 10% is referred by CPAs and financial advisors. Okay. All right. Got it. All right. So, um, are the realtors, the finan- and the other referral partners, all of your referral partners, also within the confines of your 15 mile radius? Yes. I figured they would be. So, <laughs> so let's talk about that too. So, what happens when you meet somebody or you're getting introduced to someone and they think, "Gosh, they're really, really good, and you can really help them," and they're, you know, 17 miles away or 30 miles away, or they're you know, in some, some other area, how do you say no? How do you, how do you do that knowing that, you know, the less is more is definitely going to bring you more business. But for those that are listening and saying, no, I'm going to chase that. I'm going to go there. How do you say no? You know, what, what, well, what great, makes you great. realize that, that that's a good way to do it? Well, so 17 miles might be kind of just a little bit close. So like, you know, it's really like just 15 I get it. drive time, north or south, east and west. But um, you know, it, it, I look at it from a capacity standpoint. Like, does this person have the capacity to help my business as I help theirs as well? And and even more importantly to me is, do they have a value alignment with me? So if it's somebody that just wants me, just use realtors as an example. I've had many, many realtors say, mine, I love that you'd be willing to help me, but I just want you to pay for my marketing, whatever marketing. Right. I don't do that. Right. Like, I don't do that. I've done that with one person, and that relationship basically is, it's up and down, and that's not something that, that I want in my business. So if those values line up, well, now all of a sudden, okay, we could be a great fit. And, and if they have the drive and they want to see their business go from, you know, X to Y, I'm there to help them. And that's a, that makes it fun for me, and then I actually want to show up and help them get where they want to go, and it's a mutually beneficial relationship. It's not just this one-way transactional, hey, here's a buyer, get them approved so I can go get a deal put together relationship. Right, right. So, what is your niche? My niche. Drilling this down a little more. Yeah. So, my niche is, from my perspective, my niche is the realtor. It'll just focus on them that wants to go from two or three million to ten million. Yeah. Okay. And then on a product side, what is your niche? On the product side, I'm about fifty-five to sixty percent 
of HAVA. So we're really, really good and, and really focused on solving problems related to those loans. Um, <clears throat> so we have a, a lot of clients that are referred to us that either they have an issue in the past, you know, whether it be credit, foreclosure, bankruptcy, short sale, loan modification, a lot of divorces, all the problems that come along with that. We're, we're really, really good at solving those problems and, and making sure that they can get that approval. So <clears throat> from a product standpoint, it's FHA, period. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember you saying that too. Yeah, so um, so you've kind of you know so you've decided that you've got this you know two to three vital things that you can do and that you can offer and it's your value proposition and you don't deviate from it. So when you when you think back you know and you said okay that's it enough is enough I'm not driving to, from pillar to post I'm not meeting mm -hmm. with everybody I'm not going to do every loan I'm not going to try to be a cat on a marble floor trying to get everything. What what was the tipping point of that other than, you know, I'm, I'm just exhausted, I can't grow my business, but what what was going through your mind as you were going through that and saying, you know, I mean, is this the right thing to do? Should I be doing that? Because I imagine anyone who's listening is saying, um, yeah, I hear you, you know, you're there, but I'm afraid to take that step. I'm afraid Absolutely. to cut people off. <laughs> my fear, my fear was that there wouldn't be enough referral partners for me to build relationships with in the in that small tight geographic area and when I sat down and I started right. looking at it, I'm like you know what I, I, I only I only want to have 10 15 20 30 great relationships that I can manage that I go hang out with and do things with that I enjoy to do you know with them and vice versa go have dinner together so I have really really good relationships with the with the with the partners that we work with it's not a hey here's here's one deal a year Okay, it's a much different, I'm integrated into their business process. When they're talking to their clients, they're referring uh, the client to us because they're asking questions that lead the client to, that, the, to, the, to the solution if they have the problem of something related to their real estate needs or their mortgage needs. So, so after right. I realized, wow, you know, I don't want to have 500 people that I'm marketing to or that I'm building relationships with, well, then I got really focused and I started to say, you know what, I don't really care for this person and I meet with them one-on-one -on -one and, you know, you might have a, a good conversation and we've all had meetings where you leave and then really nothing happens because of the follow-up. What I found was if I had poor follow-up, most of the time it was because I didn't really want to make the calls to that person because we just didn't click. Right. And you were forcing and, and, it. And, and it was because it was, I'm focused on increasing transaction count, right? Not, Hey, I really match up with this person's value system what's important to them is important to me and I really like their overall attitude they're happy they're energetic this is somebody that I want to hang out with those are the people that I that I realized that's who I need to be around right right okay so that takes us to the second thing that we want to talk about is um, you know first I just want to make sure that everybody listening knows it's okay to niche it is and it will get you more business and I've got gazillion stories like that that we won't go in today but um, it is okay to, to niche into something specific and be the expert. And I promise your, your whole life is just going to be much better anyway because you don't have to know about reverse mortgages or construction loans or this, that, and the other to the extent, Correct. right? Um, there will be someone in your company that is good at it, right? Um, Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and so it will just be much easier for your life. Now, the other, and it separates you. You're not a commodity because you're not – they do everything. It's this yeah. is the expert, and you will yeah. you will get the supplemental business because once you're the expert in one area, they just want to work with you in every area. So well, and and, and that's okay. a great point because when I'm talking with a new potential referral partner, yeah. if if we have the alignment, well then my 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 conversation with them is listen, I know you're going to work with two or three different lenders. I don't expect that I'm going to be your primary lender, and in knowing that, I want you to understand we're experts. We're better than anybody else that we know in our market with FHA loans. So when you have a client that has any anything that they've been told that they can't do a mortgage for whatever reason, that's the person that you you refer them to us, we can guarantee the outcome. So now I'm planting that seed so they know that that niche is that. Right, right. Yep, and I agree. I totally agree because, you know, again, you're the expert. You become the expert, and you truly do learn the ins and outs of every little aspect of it when you decide to take it on. Um, exactly. Okay, so and your antennas are up for it too. I, it's amazing. Yeah. So I want to ask you a couple questions as we we transition into, you know, becoming a trusted business partner and not a yeah. they get my deal done right. You know, yeah, yeah they're a great loan officer because yeah. they just closed the loan and you know those are all expected. Mm -hmm. So 
what are some of the questions that you're asking that a loan officer who's listening could, could be saying, you know, that's the question I'm not asking to bridge that gap to get into that trusted business partner. I'm asking, you know, I'm asking, so, you know, how long have you been a realtor? Why did you become a realtor? Um, you know, so how'd you do this year in business? And the realtor's going, whoa, 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 I don't know you. Don't ask me how Absolutely. I'm doing in business. <laughs> I don't know, right? Exactly. And I know, I know the mentality here, right? So, so what are some of the key questions that loan officers that are listening could be saying, you know, maybe this is what I want to do is redirect my questioning so that I'm positioning myself as, I don't want to say superior, but, you know, in a, in a, a leadership role in the relationship um, so yeah. that they really understand that I'm truly here to help. And then, um, and then I'll ask you other questions behind that. But first of all, what are some questions that, that you ask that make it different? Well, uh, my objective, so let me just preface it with this. So I'll have, um, I'll have either one or two meetings with that referral partner prior to getting into, hey, here's how we can get to the point where we should work together. And what I mean by that is I'm doing basically what I call it, like a discovery meeting. Is this a good fit meeting? So the initial conversation is truly, it is 100% about the other person. Uh, no, they're not gathering any information about my business or how I operate or what I'm interested in at that initial face-to-face. Uh, 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 -face. It is all about help me understand what's important to you. And what I, what I always do is I'll ask open-ended questions. So, you know, all of the bonding and rapport, which is obviously an important first step in, in the sales process, you know, how'd you get into the business? How long have you been here? You know, what do you like best about it? Why do you continue to do it? But after we get past that, I'll ask them a, a, a very simple question, you know, help me understand what are the top three things that you always look for and are most important to you when you're referring your clients to any service provider, regardless of who it is. And that question right there helps me understand kind of what they're all about, what's most important to them. It could be, oh, well, you know, they've got to make me look good. They have to be fair in what they, what they cost. They have to um, be responsive to me. They have to be available on the weekend or whatever it is that they come up with. I can drill down on that. And when I drill down on that, what I really want to understand is what, is this something that they're not getting right now? And if they're not getting this right now, what has happened in the past to make this so important to them? And then we want to quantify that in dollars, meaning, wow, you've had poor customer service in the past. Tell me more about that. Well, you know, the person didn't call my, my client back and they ultimately, you know, decided to work with someone else and then they ultimately left me because of the poor response time. Okay, well, what have you done in the past since you've uh, experienced that? Well, uh, we've done, um, you know, we, we've switched lenders. Okay, so how has that worked for you? Well, you know, we keep switching lenders. Okay, so how long has that been a problem? It's been a problem since I've been in the business or the last five years. Well, how many times have you switched lenders? And what I'm doing is I'm really drilling down to identify, well, what is this costing you in your business? And once we can identify mm -hmm. what it costs their business, now I have, I have their attention. So I just had a conversation this week with a, a potential new referral partner that's, you know, I would consider her a great producer. She closes anywhere from 25 to 35 buyer sides a year. And she literally said, well, you know, I have more leads than I can handle. Well, why is that a problem? And I just went down and what we quantified was there was about $125,000 in lost gross revenue in the calendar year from the leads she already pays for and generates that she can't convert because she's understaffed. Wow. Yeah, and she's afraid to hire somebody to pay them forty thousand yes. dollars to make eighty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. So the light bulb went on in that conversation, and and, and uh, I mean, basically, you know, once once you help people, you have to, the key to this is you're leading them. They're self-discovering that there's a problem. I'm not saying what's wrong with you. How come you have one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars that you're not going to go convert? Why haven't you figured that out? Well, if they like, I'm not going to beat them up over it. It's they have to understand that there's a problem, which they're not even aware of. Like, they don't think it's that big of a problem until it's quantified, right? Right, right. And mm -hmm. once you saw that $125,000 in, in, in gross revenue, which ultimately means that, you know, let's say that she operates at 50% of her gross fees is what she keeps as a taxable income on her personal tax return. I mean, that's a $62,500 right. difference. Like, most realtors that I know would kill for that. Right. Well, that's a lot of work. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. So, so, so and, and this is a big part of that conversation. 
there's not like a like a there's not like one specific question that I'm asking. The key to this is really 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 actively listening so I can hear what they're sharing with me. If they're telling me that you know, they, they're not closing enough business, well, then I know that it's probably some type of uh, issue related to either sales in the green time, like they're either not selling enough, which is a lot of the times, or B, right. they don't know what to do, and they're selling a lot, but they're doing it kind of like backwards or in an inefficient way or just poorly in general. And, and then all of a sudden, I asked uh, another question, like, well, why do you think that's not working for you? And they're going to they're gonna self-discover, wow, there's a problem here. Nobody else has had this conversation with me. And all of a sudden, now, we're no longer talking about mortgages. Now we're talking about business. And now that's what's right. fun for me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's just, it's getting them, you know, over to the other side. So now, have you found, um, just out of curiosity, have you found that someone... Um, so you lead with, you know, tell me about the top three things that you look for when you're referring any partner. And that leads you mm-hmm. to what their challenges are, obviously. So that, you know, if you're listening into this, what he, what, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, what you're saying is, you know, I'm not going for the jugular. I'm not saying, I'm not going in and saying, so um, tell me the three things you don't like about your lender. Tell me the three things no. you do like about your lender, right? They're not, yeah. they're not directly the questions. Question, Tell but me about, without, the, without the lender piece at it, right? Right, right. Oh, yeah, of course. But, but um, you know, they're not going for the jugular of saying, look, I've got to get this data because then when I get this data, then I can talk about serving myself. Um, yes. They're very directed towards them, listening in on them, making sure that um, – that you're expressing the the true care that you have for them because ultimately when you can help them, they will help you. You know, it will, absolutely. it will come back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. No, you're, All right. You're, Just making sure I'm, I'm getting yeah. clarity because, because, well, because I'll tell you, you know, what happens is that I get these questions asked all the time is, why didn't you ask that question on the podcast? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love making sure that I, that I can, uh, you know, share share with everybody and be the 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 person who's saying. But 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 what are those questions? So so um so that's the first meeting, right? So you're digging deeper and yep. you're you know having your first meeting with them, and now you've kind of uncovered the pain points and things like that. Where does it go from there that you become their uh, air quote coach? You know, where do where do you take that relationship from there? Is it is it five meetings to discuss? No. Five different no, areas no. need work. Is it a lifetime simple. thing? Is it a big meeting? Yeah. So, so it's pretty simple. I mean, if I if I feel like me personally, I like what where this conversation has gone in that initial meeting. Then at that point, I'm going to basically offer uh, an opportunity for them to come back to my office in about a week or two, depending on their calendar, so that I can sit down and help them understand some of the systems and processes we built into our business that would help them avoid these issues when we work together and if we work together. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and at that meeting, at the end, I mean, it's mine to lose. Once I have that conversation and I've taken them through that, that conversation, everybody says, yeah, I'd love to come back. Awesome. So then I'm not asking for referrals. I'm not giving any information. I'm not sharing anything about me. If they ask me about my business, you know, that's a great question. Well, we get together next week. I'll share all of that information with you. Right. So keep it at bay. I, I want, keep yeah, I want to keep them a little on suspense. Like, hey, this is different. I've never had a conversation like mm-hmm. this. And, and you know what? I've never had anybody, let alone my, my preferred mortgage lender, ask me about these types of things for my business. Yeah, let's go have that follow-up meeting. I really like to see how you operate. So then that second right. meeting, they physically come into the office, and the, the entire conversation is, I want this potential referral partner to experience exactly what their client would as they came through our office. I meet with literally 95% of our clients face-to-face. So... And that's a function of us being within that 15-mile radius or so, right? So right. it's very simple right. and easy for people to get to the office. And I want them to come to the office so they can meet the team, the, the, the client that is. I want them to have that experience of coming to, our, uh, to our, our, our home. So when the referral partner comes in, you know, we've got our lobby. Is, it's a beautiful office. They walk in. We've got a 70-inch monitor with them being welcomed on the screen. You know, thank you for coming in today. We're, we're, we've been waiting for you. Um, they're handed a... Uh, a, uh, a clipboard, um, a custom wood laser etched clipboard that basically says, hey, fill out some information for us so we can best take care of you. And while they're filling that out, we've got a custom menu printed up. 
um, that they choose something from, and we, we, we do want them to take something from that menu. Um, I don't care if it's ice water. I want them to, to experience something from here, and as soon as they give us their, their, their all about you form back, whatever their favorite candy is, we, we stock a lot of that candy in our office. So when they come in with, with a glass of ice water or a cup of coffee or, or whatever it is that they're interested off the menu, we're going to bring their favorite candy with them as well. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a full-blown experience for the referral partner. Now, if you came to that office and you've never experienced anything like that before, you're going to be blown away. And then I take them on a tour through the office and introduce them to everybody on the team. I let the team explain what it is that they do in their role in the process. That's about 15 minutes. And then we sit down and I go back to our initial conversation and I address all of the individual items that they shared with me in that first conversation and how we're going to address them and help them avoid ever experiencing that ever again. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're really showing, you know, listen, I have two ears and one mouth. I'm listening and I'm putting into action, you know, what, what you, your needs are. So let me ask you a question about this. So how, in your CRM, how do you manage this so that your team knows these things, if you do, right? Does this, does this thread itself all the way through the process? And, of course, you know, years and years afterward with retention and, and things like that. And, and how, do you, how do you build that or how did you build that so that your team is aware of it as well? And then the second, yeah. second part of that is, Given that you have two people in each position, right, so to speak, are you aligning them with personalities, or is it a volume situation? Is it a territory? Um, tell me how that works um, as well. Okay, so on to the first question first. So basically, um, in our CRM, uh, we, we have data fields set up that track the information on the All About You form. So uh, the, the biggest tip that I can share with anybody listening is less is more. Don't overcomplicate this. I love to make things complicated because, well, this is what I've always done. So less information is better. Um, through our client process, the client has anywhere from two to four gifts that are, that are sent to them throughout the process. They're custom gifts to each individual client. And all those things come from that initial All About You form that they share with us when they come to our office. So yeah, awesome. uh, that, that in, it goes into the CRM. And, you know, if this person likes, um, you know, let's just call it uh, blondies instead of brownies. Well, we're going to know and they're going to get their favorite blondie sent to them at their workplace um, with a hand addressed and handwritten note card from us, thanking them for the opportunity to serve them. So like all of that's tracked off of that initial form that they fill out while they're waiting to come in and have their initial discovery meeting with me. And that flows all the way through the entire process and it does go post-closing as well. Um, so there's some different lists that we, we segment our past clients into, and depending on which list they're on, we will, we will give certain things for people on that list. And, you know, it might be a birthday cupcake. It might be their favorite, um, 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 you know, sports team that will provide a, a, a game ball or maybe, you know, a hat or something or a T-shirt, just whatever, for their birthday. So it's just small systems in place that help us stay kind of front and center and help people understand that it's all about them and not just us. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when did you develop that? How long have you been doing that? And, and what kind, type of impact has that had on your practice? So if someone's listening in, they're saying, okay, if I just want to execute that now and start, you know, what, what kind of turn, uh, how, how much is it going to take for me to put something like this in place where I am getting down to, you know, the DNA level of the relationship um, in knowing you know, about that person so that they can feel very special. Now, we're not into the tactical part yet. We're into the feel-good part. Sure. So, so for, for me, um, like you said earlier, less is more. So I would not start off with any more than one item. And it's got to be something that, that it, you can easily replicate and execute for every single client and or every single referral partner. It cannot be hit or miss. Um, <clears throat> so as an example, uh, we, we have a... Uh, the brownies that go out at conditional approval. So if we've got appraisal back, we have conditional approval, and any borrower-facing conditions that have not been uh, resolved yet are completely doable, we're going to order those brownies and have those go out. And there's, a, there's an automated email that we have. So there's an email template we built, and before, we would literally have to manually send it to the vendor, and then they would get the email, confirm they got it, and then they would ship the brownies. Now, it's just an automatic email as soon as it hits the conditional approval milestone and the appraisal button is checked. Right. And we don't think right. about it anymore. 
So now, but it's custom. It, I, I can't stress this enough. It's got to be specific to that person. You can't be sending everybody the same gift. It's got to be specific to them. That's where the impact is. So for me, like <clears throat> I, I learned this from uh, a woman that like her whole business comes from her, her client, her best client database. And it was all very specific gifts to those individual clients. It wasn't the generic, hey, here's a, you know, like uh, whatever, like across the board specific generic closing gifts you'd give to every single client. It was very specific to each individual family, but it was also within the same budget for each gift, but very custom and specific to each family. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's, I mean, key. It's just totally key. So, okay. Yeah. So, so now we've kind of, you know, we've, um, we bought flowers for the date, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> we yep. brought the flowers and a box yep. of candy for the date, and now we got to really get into the nitty gritty and find out: is this really going to be a partner? You know, that we yep. can really, really like. And yes. so let's talk about that. So, what are some of the the skills that you had to develop, or the skills that someone who's listening would have to develop, or um, process procedure? program, you know, can you give us a high level without giving away all your goodies, you know, give us a high level on how, um, how do you perform these meetings with them that actually have an impact where there's actionable items and implementation that, that bring the business up. It's not just talking about bringing the business up, it actually is bringing it up. Yeah, great question. So uh, one of the things I learned from one of my coaches, um, was you have to have a systematic way to make this happen. Otherwise, it's going to be like you're going to feel like a ping pong ball all the time, going back and forth, driving all over town, meeting this person here, meeting this person there. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that I created was a, a, a monthly mastermind. And I've been doing this for about five years. And we've elevated this now. So we're now doing this instead of a group of, uh, like initially it was five or ten of our referral partners would come together once a week and they might come to my office or we might go to a restaurant and it was literally, we're just going to sit down and be like this little mastermind to talk about like the number one issue that everybody was facing that week. And it was just really more than anything a reason for us to get together and have FaceTime and leverage time so I didn't have to have ten one-hour meetings, I could have ten people in one hour. So that was first. Then I started to realize, wow, there's a lot of tactics and a lot of information that I can share. Just I've been I've had professional coaching my entire career, and and I mean I've got a lot of information to share, which I'm a complete open book for any partner we work with. And and when I share that, it was literally paralyzing for everybody. Like, oh my gosh, I have no idea where the heck I should start. So I didn't realize that for quite a long time, and it, it was like, duh, why didn't I figure this out sooner? So what I did is I said, okay, we're going to break this down and we're going to create basically a 12-month system. And this 12-month system is literally going to help them build the foundational pieces to their business to help them create a referral-based business that they can be 100% in control of regardless of which brokerage they worked for. And I said, okay, well, what would I want if I, if I did this or if I was going to participate? Well, we'd meet once a month as a group. And then I'd want to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting so I can get any of my questions answered. So what I do is we have a once a, a month meeting um, uh, they have to they literally have to show up for all 12 meetings there's an honor agreement that they sign it's not a contract it just says hey listen we're going to do this and we don't get paid to do this we're trying to help you show up 12 times have 12 one-on-one -on -one meetings do the homework every month and we know that if you do that you're going to double your business just do the work if you say you want to go from a to b or a plus a right then you need to do the work so we meet once a month as a group and then we meet one-on-one -on -one every month about two or three weeks after that initial group meeting every month and we do that for 12 months at a time i built a website we have videos and audio recordings uh we have like any document that i've used to help you know implement a system into my business are on that website as well but it's all specific to that topic for that one month so what we did is instead of rapid fire every week different tactics we choose one tactic and it's implemented over one month and then we move on to the next tactic and implement that in month two and so on so really bringing it down to bite-sized chunks that, that are that are doable and that the referral partner can not feel overwhelmed with was like that helped immensely okay so the question I want to ask on that let's kind of d dive into this and peel this away a little bit more is how how um, how are you able to get realtors from one company come in and be willing to share their weaknesses 
with other companies or even in the same company or people that were farming in the same area. How did you break that down so that people were, um, were okay with that? Or did you have to tactically say, well, this person's in this group, but not in that group? So just to put it into perspective, so I have four separate groups and each group meets one week out of the month. So every week I have a, a group meeting with a different group of referral partners. So um, okay. as far as like, how do I chunk it down? Um, sometimes I'll look at like who's in the group and, and, and say, you know what, it might be better for this person to be in that group just based on personalities or maybe some, some issue. I don't know. Um, but, but most of the time, most people are open because they don't have resources like this being offered through their companies. And if they do, they have to pay a lot of money and they really don't get very in depth. So this is truly like the way that I position this is like, listen, I don't know of another, uh, of another group like this where you can locally sit down and, and share your frustrations or your struggles with your business with other people that are 100% focused on operating and implementing a referral based business. If you have that somewhere else, by all means, go do that. But if, if you don't have that, this is why I'm doing this. So you have a safe place to have these conversations and not worry about whether or not you know your competitor is going to steal your information. There's so much business to go around, it's not funny. And every realtor has a different niche. They all have different geographies. And that 15-mile radius, there's like 25 different towns. So there's all kinds of different people that have the expertise of the geographic niche or maybe the short sale niche or the foreclosure niche or maybe first-time home buyers or move up or move down or seats or whatever niche they have. So they all come together and they and – they, they have to be collaborative in their business. It's such a unique business to begin with. As a real estate broker, you have to get along with everyone else or it's not going to work for you. So it just, right. it just it, right. it fits with their business. Well, and I think also, you know, once you meet someone that you've seen the sign of or you've, you know, seen their name on a contract and you actually meet them and get to know them, I think that it opens up the opportunities for negotiations, you know, when the, when you do run across them in a, in a transaction, when they're on the other side of the transactions. I think that's good. Okay, so... As far as the content of, of these 12 things, and you, you spoke about, you know, some are listing, some are first-time homebuyer, uh, short sale, or whatever. I imagine those are some of your topics. Did they develop some of the topics based on, um, you know, what their needs were, or had you accumulated where everybody's weaknesses and strengths were and kind of it said, look, in every group, i got to have a strong person in this area to help others bring them up. Um, mm -hmm. So, or was it just everybody needs a ton of help, so I'm going to be the lead, and I'm going to be the one who says, Look, if you're a listing agent, I'm going to tell you how to be a good listing agent as a loan officer. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to position myself as like the expert realtor. I did real estate for 12 years and I have a lot of experience, which is pretty unique. Most people don't have that. So, you know, I'm speaking from experience when I share, hey, this is what I used to do as a real estate broker for 12 years. Like this is how mm -hmm. the outcome was. You can take it or leave it. I just want you to understand. I know your pain that you have to go through to get to the finish line with that listing the executed listing agreement. I know what you have to do to get that buyer under contract after you feel like you've shown them 50 homes. There's a better way. Let me share with you how to do that. So I don't want to, like this is an information that I'm sharing. So al almost all of the information that I'm sharing with the realtors, it's coming from other high producing realtors. Yeah, yeah. So as I'm you're just, running around and sharing. talking to other realtors, yeah, right. So as you're running around talking to other realtors, you're saying, you know, look, you are an expert on that. I mean, what do you do? What do you do so that there I can go. accumulate more information right and be able to share it and of course they're they're doing that as well yeah because I'm listening to you and I'm thinking okay if there's a new loan officer listening in and they're saying but I don't have 12 years of experience as a real estate agent how do I put this into action you know and it might not Absolutely. be to the caliber that yeah. you're doing it's baby steps you know maybe once a quarter you bring in yes. two or three people maybe you know yes. and, and then don't make it so big so that you can't manage it you know so I imagine well, tax, then, tax, when I okay. started I want to, there's a good point. When I started doing this almost six years ago, I literally had like five people show up to my office and I just taught a class on how to um, uh, call an attorney or a financial advisor or a CPA and schedule a meeting with them. That's all I talked about. And I brought lunch into my office. I had five people show up yeah. and that was it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just talking to my son about this. It's something I'm going to be teaching, you know, to some CEOs here shortly. And it's, it's about um, leveraging the assets that you have, that you have ample, you know, asset. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. It is leveraging the assets. But one of the things that we know as loan officers is that we make a tremendous amount of phone calls over and above what realtors make, right? We have mm -hmm. bigger databases. We do twice the volume just because of the, the way it all works. Right. Sure, and so, sure. If you had, for example, on your team, so if you had someone on your team 
who had some downtime, right? They're a dialer. Let's just say you had a dialer. And they had downtime. Yep. They ran out of people to call. What you need, what not what you need to do, but the thought, the thought here is to repackage a strength that you have and mm-hmm. offer it to a partner, right? Yep. So, you know, hey, realtor, I've got my, one of my team members has three hours a week that they can make phone calls to your database on your behalf to be Absolutely. the straw that stirs up your database, right? So it's taking yes. your strength. So if you know how to make appointments with attorneys, then teach other people how to make appointments with attorneys. If you have a big database, you know how to, you know, do retention and stir up business from your database and teach them how to do that. It doesn't have to be that you're a real estate agent. It's teach them what you are excellent at. Would you agree? Yeah, I 100% agree. And here's the thing. And and we, we all run across this. If you talk to a realtor and maybe you have a tactic that you want to share with the real estate agent. A lot of the times I find that they tune out because I'm the quote-unquote lender. This won't work in my world. It does not matter what professional service you are providing to your client. This stuff works in any business, period. These are basic sales principles. They work in anything, anywhere, in any business. So, you know, I I mean, I I just can't stress that part enough. And, And it's not, well, this doesn't work in my market or, you know, that won't work because I'm a realtor, you're a lender, or I'm a financial advisor and you don't understand how my world works as a lender. That none of that, none of that matters because it, it all works. You just have to put the work in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really assessing what are my strengths, right? What are my strengths mm-hmm. and what are my passions? What do I like to do? Um, because yeah. you can't really embark and, and teach people things you don't like to do. So for example, I don't like reverse mortgages. I don't like to do them, right? I learned them and then I forget them and then somebody would finally ask me and then I'd have to remember them again. And you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm yes. done. I'm done. With it, yes. Right? Yes. Um, but it's, it's, uh, you know, taking a skill that you have and, uh, you know, amplifying it and giving it to the world, your take, your take on it. And it's an inclusion yeah. also of, uh, or an accumulation of other people who do the same thing very well, but do it quite, you know, a little bit differently and not saying, you know, look, it's my way, the highway. It's correct. This is just a way. And let's face it. We, one of the things we know about realtors and for those that are, you're listening that are realtors, I'm sorry, because I know you listen, but, um, you know, we know that 82% of them will fail in the first year, right? Eight out of 10 are going to fail in the first year. So, so what, what are the people, you know, thinking about what the people are doing in years two, three, and four is they're starting to grow their business. They're hanging in there and getting in there. What we know about a lot of real estate agents is that they did not, they never had formal sales training. I also know that there's a lot of loan officers that never had formal sales training too, but, but they don't have formal sales training we at least in our industry get the opportunity to practice our sales skills more frequently than loan officers because of the sheer volume that we do over what they do. And therein lies our expertise, you know, that just that edge ahead of what, you know, their knowledge is. And they are, you know, they're starving for this knowledge and they're drowning in the information that's out there that's extremely superficial. Well, yeah, and it's, it's, you know, pay me up front and I'll share some information with you. I mean, I've, I've had, I've paid money for a lot of those different, you know, quote unquote, season. what I found was there's no secret, there's no secret magic trick to, to do a lot of business. You have to call a lot of people. You have to talk to a lot of people. The, the, the strength that I have that most people don't is I'm willing to deal with a lot of rejection. Yeah. And, and, and here's a quick tactic. You can use your database to get introductions to new people without having to make cold calls. And that little concept of well wow if I call some people that like me and they already they, they know they want to I know they want to help me in my and grow my business so they care about me. And if I ask them, hey who's a great realtor that I should know, they're gonna share one or two people with me. And then all of a sudden now I've got I've got a referral to that person. I'm not calling them cold. It's a super simple way to operate, which is by the way how I grow most of my relationships, regardless of what type of business partner. Right. And and I've done that too. You know, the same that same kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully you heard that. If you're listening, you know, rewind this a little bit and make sure you got it. You know, the simple question of, Hey, hey Susie, I'm just calling, you know, how how's the house, how the kids doing? I'm just checking in on you mm-hmm. and you know, yada yada yada, go through the nice things and listen, you know, hey, by the way, before we hang up who's a great realtor I should know, you know, or who's a great CPA or the way I do it. And and I love the way that you did it. I wanted to reiterate it because it's your way. And, you know, this is where we all need to kind of, you know, internalize these and memorize them and customize Mm -hmm. them for ourselves, um, you know, and and what works for us. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I tend to I tend to say, you know, um, hey, listen, I was wondering if I could get your help. Not a favor, because people are hesitant Bingo. for favors. Correct. Um, <laughs> hey, I was wondering if I, I was wondering if I could get your help. You know, I'm looking to expand my business to work more with some financial planners. And, you know, assuming that you've had, you know, some communication or engagement with a financial planner on a scale of zero to ten, ten being the best. Do you know a financial planner who's a, you know, an eight, nine, or ten that you would feel comfortable introducing me to? That's how exactly. I do it. Everybody does it exactly different. Right. You know, so it's super uh, simple. And, but the key is, and you hit the nail on the head, you have to ask for help. Like, I, I say this all the time, all the time. Hey, you know, listen, guys, I need your help. Can I count on you? Yeah. What do you need help with? Boom. The door's open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. A, I think it's a Jim Rohn pro, quote, and I may mess it up a little bit, but he said, you know, um, real strength is asking for help. It's not asking yeah. for help that you're weak. And I think that people Absolutely. think that asking for help is a sign of weakness. It's not. It's a sign of strength, and it will propel you. You I mean you've got to surround Agreed. yourself with wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, All right. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to a loan officer who's listening in on this? He, they say, okay, I just heard all this stuff. I'm, I might niche. I might not niche. I'm going to make my territory shorter. I'm going to go through my database. I'm going to nix, you know, flick a bunch of people off and say, you know what? You're not in my territory anymore. Um, the, you don't have the capacity. Your values don't align. Maybe I don't even know if they align. Um, and then once I do that and I want to maybe set up this monthly mastermind group and, and really start, you know, having like mini coaching sessions for realtors, you know, and try to grow my practice, where do I start? What would be the first, what would you recommend for someone who's listening who said, I love, love what Brian has to say. I want to get started. Where do I start? Okay, cool. So the very first thing, and this is, I mean, this is super simple. I'd make a list of the top 50 people that know me, like me, and trust me already. And this is, again, if I just got into the business, I would call all 50 of those people every single month. I would see all 50 of those people every single month, and I would send some type of direct mail and or email to them every single month, like those three things every single month with the intent of letting them know not that you're a loan officer and that you want to work with them to help them with their mortgage, but you want to grow your business and you want to meet great people just like them that they can introduce you to, just like the script that you just went through with the financial advisor ask, right? So that's one list. The The second list that I would do is I would come up with a list of 50 realtors that you think you want to meet with and potentially partner with. And again, call, see, text, email, direct mail every single month with the intent of getting an appointment. Like do not call and sell over the phone call and get an appointment and then go see somebody and ask the questions. What's important to you? What, how can I help you? What, you know, we're meeting here for a reason. What are some things that you're missing in your business with your existing partners that I might be able to, to, to address for you? Like those questions are what you ask at that meeting. And after that, that's when you can share what it is that you can provide to them in their world. So those, I can tell you those two lists, if you called 50 people that you know and 50 realtors every single month, and you just work that, that's good for probably three to four, maybe five units a month, just that alone. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable advice. Thank you so much. Really awesome. Very easy advice. And, you know, and it comes at a great time of year. You know, here we are, you know, like we said, it's Labor Day weekend, and this podcast will be listed, you know, released sometime in November, maybe early December. This is a great time to, you know, put this in action um, yeah. so that you get a really good head start on your year, you know. Keyword, keyword. Take action. If you put the list together and you never do anything with them, well, then nothing's going to happen. You have to call them, you have to see them, and you have to be willing to to be rejected. It's because some people are going to be like, dude, stop calling me. I don't want to hear from you anymore. Okay, cool. Take them off your list. Right. Add somebody else. Remain unemotional about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's that whole saying, it's a contact sport. You know, some people think that the action is making the list, and that's just <laughs> the start. You know, Correct. that's getting yourself into into, you know, you're about ready to you know, run track, and that's getting yourself into those things that you put your feet in, whatever the. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, know, getting absolutely. yourself in. Yeah, that's getting you in there. Now you got to actually run, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, get the practice. Well, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, pleasure, Brian. I I love your I love your ideas. I love how personable everything is. Um, you know, it really tells a, a story when you talk to someone who is. Um, really about the relationships, not just talking about the relationships. You know, there's a lot of conversations about having relationships, but one who's truly living and breathing it. And, you know, just really, really appreciate your time today. And, you know, before we leave, is there is there a book that you're reading that you'd like to share with everyone or a quote that you'd like to share with everyone? 
Well, let's see. A, a book that I just finished reading, um, Relentless, by, by Tim Grover, who is Michael Jordan's personal trainer. It's an outstanding book. It's probably the third time I've read it now, but that is just, that's a mindset book. Like, that is, that'll help you understand where you sit in the big picture in the competitive landscape that we're in and help you understand, well, if I'm going to go from A to B, and we're going to blow up and we're going to do it this way. Awesome. I love that. Love that. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, again, thank you so much. I wish you the best luck in finishing out your year. Great. And for whatever comes up for next year, you know, it's a big year coming up and, um, you know, we just keep moving forward as, as quickly as we can, but as strategically as we can to ensure that we're, you know, we're around in the next 10, 15 years, you know, in this industry. Absolutely. And, um, you know, and I, again, I really, really appreciate you taking time on a Friday before a holiday to, to share with our listeners so that you're helping them as well, you know, getting your word yeah, out there. So if someone wants well, to reach out to you, what's the best? Oh, of course. Well, if someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way to find you? Um, best way to get a hold of me is is probably my email. It's Brian C R Y A N dot Schmidt S C H M I D T at myccmortgage.com. Okay, awesome. Brian dot Schmidt at myccmortgage.com. We'll have that link in in the show notes as well. So if you all want to reach out to Brian and pick his brain, and he's willing to let you do that, that Absolutely. that is uh, that is great. We appreciate you um, doing that. And again, everyone, I just want to say thank you so much, as I always do. But it, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record because it's really from my heart. Is thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for um, sharing, and thank you so much for the feedback that I get. I, I love knowing that I'm making an impact, and um, I hope that you just continue to enjoy Mortgage Lending Mastery. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's lifetime membership program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.